I started with a piano course 10 years ago. And I got this idea for a piano course back when there wasn't a lot of online course software. It was a little more challenging, but there weren't as many people doing it either. But eventually I did. Eventually it allowed me to quit my job, you know, make more money than I was doing there. And fast forward to today, we've done over $4 million in sales from a single piano course. Uh, and now I spend most of my working hours um, just kind of talking about it. Yo, what's up, guys? I'm here today uh, with Jack from the theonlinecourseguy.com. Um, he's an absolute beast when it comes to creating and selling online courses, has a ton of experience, um, and it's a, uh, a huge pleasure to, to have you on, man. Welcome. Thank you, Lucas. I appreciate the opportunity for the invitation. Cool, man. Well, um, I guess before we jump into you know anything tactical, maybe let's step back and you can give people a little bit of background as to yourself, you know, the journey over the last few years and how online courses you know fits into that. Yeah, so I'm not sure how in depth you want to go, but I started with a piano course ten years ago, and I got this idea for a piano course back when there wasn't a lot of online course software. It was a little more challenging, but there weren't as many people doing it either. So I got the idea, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I uh, made the mistake of just going to build the course. And so I spent a few months working on the course, launched it, didn't really make any sales because I hadn't set up really much else in the business. Mm -hmm. you know, your, your brand, I guess, is called Courses and Funnels, right? Well, I yeah, had a course, right, I didn't exactly. have a funnel and I didn't have yeah. much traffic either. And so I had to build the other components of the business. Uh, I had to learn how to do that. I had to learn that I needed those things. And then I had to learn how to do those things. So it took a while. It took a few years to figure out all the different pieces and parts to making it work. But eventually I did. Eventually it allowed me to quit my job, you know, make more money than I was doing there. And uh, fast forward to today, we've done over $4 million in sales from a single piano course. Uh, and now I, you know, let it rock and roll. And I spend most of my working hours um, just kind of talking about it. And I have a podcast about courses as well. And uh, that's kind of where I spend most of my time now. Man, that's insane. That number one, you know, you got on it that early and $4 million in sales uh, for a piano course is nuts, man. So tell me around the, you know, the product at the moment, I assume you're kind of selling on, on Evergreen. Tell me around, you know, the, the price point of the product, what the funnel looks like, what the current strategy is at the moment. Yeah, so I have two tiers of the product that people can buy. Uh, basically, what I did was I structured it to where if they just want the piano course, the video course, they can pay for that, or they can pay for my premium offering, which includes the course. It includes lots of bonus courses, like if they want to learn jazz or they want to learn classical. Cool. Uh, and then it, that includes some support as well. So if you want the community, you want the ability to email in with questions and so on, that's all in my top end package. Uh, so I call that my ultimate package. Uh, so we have essential, which is just the course and ultimate essential, just the course, really nothing else. Ultimate course plus everything I've ever offered essentially. Right. And today, uh, if you go to my website, essential is 500 bucks and ultimate is a thousand. Uh, what I do inside of my funnel is offer a discount. Now, I'm not sure how, how you teach it, Lucas, but in my opinion, there's three key uh, ways we could implement urgency with an online course business. We could do it with the availability of the offer, meaning, hey, it's available now, and then it's going away and it goes away. Uh, we could do it with a limited time discount, 
which is what I'm using today. Or we could have some sort of bonus or bonuses uh, go away. Or I guess you could have some combination of the three as well. And I used to actually do the availability one uh, when I first set up my funnel back in 2016. By the way, dropping in a funnel, an evergreen funnel into my business is really what made it made it work. Back in 2016, I was making about $1,000 a month from the course, put in a funnel, evergreen funnel, changed nothing else, and I started making $10,000 a month and haven't, haven't made less than the five figures a month since then. Um, but today, we have... Um, we use the limited time uh, discount. So inside the funnel, somebody can buy for instead of 500 or 1,000, they can do either 400 or 800. So the majority of my sales come at the $800 mark because the majority are happening inside the funnel and they're choosing the more premium option. Love it, love it. And, and what does the actual uh, funnel look like at the moment? So are you driving traffic um, f- from ads to a, you know, a, a sales page with both options. Is that like a, a VSL or an opt-in or yeah. Are you a, are you an ads guy, Lucas? You a big fan of ads? I love, fucking love ads, man. I suck at ads, dude. Really? I suck at ads. Yeah. Okay. I suck yeah. at ads. I suck at outsourcing ads. We've tried it every which way. Mm. Uh, so I'm an organic, I'm an organic, organic. guy. All right. Yeah. Cool. So almost all of our uh, traffic comes organically from either YouTube or mm-hmm. um, just Google search. So mm-hmm. we've got a good, pr- a, a pretty good presence on both of those platforms. For example, I made one video about five years ago now on YouTube called Learn Piano in Four Minutes. Mm-hmm. And that video, I think it's at, last I checked, it was about three and a half million views. <sighs> and that... Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it not to brag, but like that video alone, that one effort of video I made on YouTube five years ago still is responsible for thousands of dollars in course sales every month. And that one video. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Some of these YouTube videos, we don't have any YouTube strategy at all, but previously, you know, I was working at Founder Magazine and, and even like on this podcast as well, and you just see these like evergreen YouTube videos that just keep getting views month after month, year after year, and just like driving so much free traffic. Like it's, it's insane. So that's, that's the formula that has worked for me. I wish I could make ads work, uh, and be as confident as you are, but I certainly haven't at this point. So it starts with the traffic piece. And like I said, most people are finding me either through a a organic, uh, search engine search or through YouTube. And then they can opt in to my funnel, which it's just one lead magnet. And it's pretty much the same lead magnet I've always had. It's a little workbook called Learn 36 Popular Songs in Five Days. And from there, it's a combination of evergreen webinar funnel plus product launch formula uh, funnel, like a Jeff Walker style product launch formula funnel. So I start with the webinar, uh, some people buy there. And then for those that don't, you know, watch the webinar or buy on the webinar, then they go through kind of a product launch formula situation, discount opens, discount closes. And then after that, um, we convert that at about three and a half percent. But those that don't buy or unsubscribe, they basically go through the whole thing again every hundred days. Got it. So I'll get people on my list that have been on my list for, you know, eight years buying because, and they've been through, you know, 32 launches <laughs> and they now was yeah. the right time, you know, and it's wow. all, it's all fully automated just every hundred days. Yeah. That's awesome. So let me break this down. So you have an opt in with this, you know, th- what 35 popular songs in five days free. Then is the, like, 
is a thank you page a webinar or we're just kind of like sending emails out saying here's a webinar and then after the webinar we're sending out emails you know sending them to the plf or the yeah, great the, yeah great question yeah on the thank you page it's um that's my first pitch for the webinar. So on the thank you page at the very mm -hmm. top, there's a video for me saying, Hey, thank you so much. Welcome. Mm -hmm. Uh, right below this video, you can download the workbook that you, that you asked for. Uh, but right below that, you know, step two, I've actually got this workshop that I'd love for you to attend in the workshop. You're going to learn X, Y, and Z, you know, click the button. And it's, you know, I say webinar, it's an on-demand webinar and it's not using any software or anything like they click it. They've already opted in. So then they click it and it goes to a, a page with a video on it. It's just a video yeah. on a page and the button, the call to action button will come in at the right timestamp of the video. Once I present the offer, I mean, it's like a two hour webinar, oh, uh, wow. but I'm not using any, any sort of fancy software or anything to um, present that it's just a video on a page. And then at like the one hour and, you know, 20 minute mark, whenever I present the offer, the button pops up under it. And so we make a lot of sales right there, you know, within the first day or two of the funnel because of that, that webinar. Yeah. And I'm so curious, man. It's like, how do you create a, you know, a, a two hour webinar for, for piano? Like, I'm curious as to what you're doing for the current funnel, even like holistically, when you think about webinars and kind of, you know, video sales letters, how do you approach it? Kind of what's working right now for the piano thing? I'd love to learn more about that. Cool. So years ago, before I had the webinar, you know, when I first implemented the funnel in 2016, it was a textbook Jeff Walker product launch formula uh, style funnel. And that worked for a while. And I had this, uh, this colleague, um, accountability partner who was doing similar numbers to me. Uh, his niche was growing and selling microgreens. I don't know if you've heard of microgreens or the baby versions of plants, which are like 40 times more nutritious than the fully grown wow. version. Sometimes chefs will garnish dishes with them, but people also put them in their smoothies and whatnot. So he has a course, still does, uh, on growing and selling these microgreens at farmer's markets and, and direct to chefs and things like that. That's awesome. And uh, he implemented a PLF funnel, but then he started getting into the webinar craze. And he was like, Jacques, man, it's it's doing good. You should do a webinar. And he's like, which he's, he said, you got to read expert secrets by Russell Brunson and implement a webinar. So I followed the classic Russell Brunson script, uh, for a webinar, three secrets, mm -hmm. you know, I reveal my three secrets to learning how to play piano in days instead of years. And I just, I go through his framework, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with, with that framework, yeah. but it's, it's pretty popular, right? You, you start, good. you do your intro, build rapport, you do your epiphany bridge story, which, you know, a lot of people that's what they're drawn into with um, when they are looking for piano programs is I took piano lessons when I was a kid and I, it was awful. I hated it. Yeah. I never practiced. And I looked up one day and I've got this like 10 minute story in the presentation about it. But basically I looked up one day and realized I could only play two songs after 12 years of lessons. And so instead of just like quitting altogether, I, you know, tried to find another way that worked better for me and I found another way and that's it's evolved and that's the, the method that I teach with piano in 21 days. So people really resonate with that story. And then I get into mm. my three secrets and all of that takes um, a little over an hour pro probably. Mm. And then it takes a while to go over the offer. And then, you know, we play testimonials and um, address other objections and so on. And I think it would like, I could probably make it tighter and make it shorter. It's the same webinar I've had for four or five years. 
Um, but it, it's it's working and it's a little Definitely over two hours. Don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And is the because you mentioned at the start how you're doing urgency with the time discount is part of the webinar where it's like, oh, you know, usually on my website, it's $500 or $1,000, but because right now, you know, it, it's $400. So how do you actually implement, you know, scarcity um, slash urgency into this kind of funnel? Yeah. So what I do is in the webinar, that's the first time, if they actually watch the webinar, that's the first time they'll hear about the discount. So I'll reveal the discount and I'll just say for a, you know, for the next few days, I'll intentionally use vague, vague language because technically speaking, like if they opt into my funnel on day zero and get the the email that takes them to the thank you page and all, do all that very quickly, that's one time frame. but somebody could opt in and not do anything with it for three or four days. And so somebody else might not watch my webinar till day three or four. Um, and it's basically in total, like a 10 day, it's a 10 day window in total. And so I don't want to be specific in the webinar with how many days I just say, it's going to be available for a few days. And so that gets people to, to want to buy because they're, they're hearing, it's like the front end of the urgency, right? For the first time they're hearing about the, the opportunity. And then if somebody, you know, like I said, doesn't watch the webinar or doesn't buy on the webinar, they still go through the, the path with PLF and then, you know, the official, like. Dis, like, hey guys, discount is officially available and then discount closing. So most people buy either on those first couple of the days with the webinar or the last day with the yeah. the last call emails about the discount going away. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Love it. That's dope. And I'm curious if, well, firstly you said, so most of the traffic is coming from YouTube organic and you said Google as well. Is this like people Googling you or do you have SEO blogs? Um, when you say Google, like yeah, like opening up Google and typing in how to play piano, learn piano fast, online yeah. piano course, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I did invest in uh, in SEO quite a bit a few years ago to try to get ranked. During the um, during the pandemic, you know, when it when it first hit in 2020, I was I was probably making 30, 40k in revenue per per month, uh, and that's you know that's how we pay the bills for the family. And there's some expenses there certainly. But I'm like, oh man, what's what direction is this going to go? Like, is it, it are people going to stop? You know, do I need to go find a job? Like, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Well, very quickly, it it uh, it shifted to the good side for me because so many people were home and yeah. have learning piano on their bucket list and had mm-hmm. the time to learn. You know, so many people have pianos in their house. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was me. Literally, I was I was uh, playing piano. I took. I think it took me about like 21 days to learn one section of the interstellar theme, but you know, eventually <laughs> okay. got there. So I needed your course for sure. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So people would go to Google and they would type things like how to play piano. And fortunately, like I had already been in business for seven years. I was ranking on the first page worldwide for that search result. And so uh, the search volume for that term in terms like it, <laughs> Uh, almost overnight skyrocketed. And so uh, those first couple of months of COVID, I did about 150K in sales you know, each month um, because of things like already having a good search presence. So just people mm. going to the search engine and searching for something, searching for a problem that I have the solution for. Yeah. Well, let's dive in, you know, into a little bit of tactic. Obviously, you know, the number one tip is, you know, start on YouTube five years ago. But if nobody's done that and they don't have an SEO presence, alas, it's a better way. You have your YouTube channel and it gets wiped out. 
no followers, no email list, no nothing. If you were to kind of build a, a YouTube or an organic play from scratch, just try and drive traffic. And I know it's going to take time, but you know, where would you start? Uh, if someone's out there, yeah, with a course, with an online topic and they want to get started on YouTube, what would you do? What would your first step be? Does it have to be YouTube? No. You're just no. saying orda- organic in general? Well, I, I'm just saying because, you know, YouTube worked for you. So I'm curious if, you know, if you were to start from scratch and you could do anything, but you have to start from scratch. I'm curious how you would approach. Yeah, today I would start on Instagram probably mm. because it is a lot bigger barrier to doing long, longer or long to mid form content like would be necessary with the classic YouTube. And of mm. course, YouTube has their YouTube shorts, uh, but I feel like... Um, Instagram, like Instagram reels are more effective right now. So I would start there and just put out little clips of, of quick wins and tips. Um, you know, in my, my example, piano, like I would just do short, snappy, um, piano tips. Uh, you know, I would do, you know, instead of learn piano in four minutes, like that video I have on YouTube, I would be like, here's how you can learn piano in one minute. And just like, boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. And of course, like somebody's not going to learn everything they could possibly learn about piano in one minute. Um, cause it takes 21 days to do that. That's right. Uh, yeah. There would be actual value there to where they, I would start to build trust with people. Uh, the short form content isn't always enough to build the true and proper trust um, to make significant sales. So once I got that dialed in, then I might shift over to YouTube now that I've got some experience with video and whatnot uh, to do longer, to do longer videos on YouTube. And then I would stick with that approach of like, you know, five to 15 minute YouTube videos, plus my short uh, videos on Instagram and try to do them as frequently as possible while still maintaining quality and consistency. So for some mm. people that be, might be once a month, for some mm. people that might be once a day. Um, so we want to do it as frequently as we can, but without sacrificing those two things, quality and consistency. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So you should go on Instagram, like start doing reels, giving away tips and, and tricks on your specific topic, helping people get quick wins. And then from there, you know, you'd assume you would come up on the for you page and then really it's just like, like a link in bio. And then, you know, I assume pimping the profile out with any case studies, any links in the, you know, in the little, whatever they're called, the little, uh, do you know what they're called again? I'm so, man, I feel so old. Like the highlights, the highlights, you know? Yeah. The highlights. Okay. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. And, um, <clears throat> so it's, and it's really organic. Is there any, you know, would you do any kind of like DM or one-to-one or is it just post and, and you know, assume people are going to click through the bio, maybe watch, you know, uh, get your lead magnet, watch the webinar and, and purchase? Yeah, personally, I wouldn't do any like cold outreach via DM. Mm-hmm. I It's really annoying when I get that. Um, but I would utilize DM and those types of features, especially when you're starting out and the volume isn't so high mm-hmm. and welcome people to message you in the DM or there's like tricks you can do in terms of like uh, automation with mini chat and say, you know, if you want this free resource, you know, comment, comment workbook in the underneath this video and we'll DM you the the workbook. Right. And that, mm-hmm. that sends good signals to Instagram. I've heard some good success like that. So that's how I would utilize um, things like DM. Yeah. I know I'm going into the details, man, but I kind of want to get you know, as much gold as possible from the if someone's doing organic Instagram and they're posting reels and you know, DMs and all that stuff, would you recommend going into a, a free lead magnet first and then a webinar structure or would you kind of recommend, I know it probably depends on the price point, but, but how would you think about 
that landing page and kind of, you know, what you're optimizing for, whether it's leads or purchases or webinar visitors or whatever. Yeah, I still think webinar funnels can work really well uh, today. Some people feel like, you know, people uh, have webinar fatigue or it's saturated. But from what I'm seeing, effective webinars, you know, it's got to be a good webinar is the key. I think it's more, it's not that they're not working anymore, but it's, it's more important than ever to have an amazing webinar, um, an effective one, one that keeps attention and so on. And, um, and so there's not, I haven't found a reason to, I guess, depending on the niche, but the webinar can certainly be the opt-in. Um, and that eliminates a step, you know, and if you don't have to go like some PDF opt-in and then webinar, uh, it's just that I already had the PDF opt-in and then added the webinar years later. So what we can do is from, you know, Instagram, we can pitch our webinar, you know, link in bio you mentioned. And so that can just be the opt-in. Uh, and you don't even need the, all the PLF stuff that I have either. Like a very simple evergreen webinar funnel is plenty good enough for most people that are driving organic traffic uh, today in terms of having a funnel that can convert to core sales. I, I mean, you're welcome to disagree with me. From the data I'm seeing, that still can be very effective. Yeah, 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 totally. It's it's like you said, you know, there's never like usually kind of anything being dead unless it's like literally illegal, right? It's like if it's done well, people <laughs> are doing chatbot, they're doing quizzes, webinars, VSLs. Everybody's looking for the shiny object, but it's like, you know, if you were to drop an incredible copywriter, whether it's a VSL, whether it's a webinar, whether it's a long form sales script, it's, you know, a lot about like messaging and the offer and so many little details um, instead of the hack, even though, I'm, you know, I'm asking for the hacks and the methods on this because, you know, the details are hard. It's, it's hard to like uh, speak about that. But I actually do want to speak about that, man, because like even, you know, looking at your website, listening to, to some of the YouTube titles and even name ideas like, you know, learn in, in 21 days or kind of like 35 popular songs. Like uh, I obviously know you're like a, a master copywriter, even though you may not describe yourself as a copywriter. When it comes to like positioning the product and just in general around creating content, creating lead magnets, creating kind of big promises and marketing campaigns, what have you learned over the last few years to make it work and, and find success there? in terms of how to approach the market. Yeah. Like offer creation messaging. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, it starts with understanding who your ideal customer it, it truly is. Right. When I first started, I, st- I was in my mid twenties when I was starting out and I just, you know, I thought I'd put content out there and the people would be, that would be drawn to it would be people in my rough age range, range, maybe even rough uh, location range. Who knows? Uh, as it turns out, uh, 80% of my students are over 60 years old. It's a very large, uh, a much older demographic of people. And as it turns out, it's people that either always wanted to learn piano. You know, we talked about bucket list earlier, mm-hmm. or they took piano lessons as a kid, like I did. And for some reason it didn't stick. They hated it and mm-hmm. always regretted that it didn't stick, that they don't know how to play mm-hmm. piano today. Uh, and so years later, they're about to retire or they have retired. They've got some more, some extra time on their hands, maybe some extra money on their hands. And that is my ideal, uh, ideal customer. So it starts there. And then, uh, and then we've got to understand truly what they want. What is their, their dream outcome situation with, with piano? It's pretty straightforward. They want to learn how to play piano, 
Uh, but more specifically, in my case, my ideal customer wants to learn how to play their favorite songs on the piano in as little time as possible because mm-hmm. they don't, they either experienced it before or they're older and they don't want to waste uh, a bunch of years of their life. Um, so learning very quickly is very important to them. So understanding um, those two things is really key. One one thing that I did that really helped me understand those two things uh, better, and not a lot of people want to do this, but it's a really valuable experience, is in 2000, I think it was 2016, I spent, I did 500 call, phone calls and I talked to people. Awesome. Um, now they were, they were sales calls. Like it was if in my funnel, instead of, hey, like buy now order form, the call to action was to book a call with me. And that was an incredibly valuable experience from getting to know these people and understanding who they are and what they want. So people don't need to do sales calls and they don't need to do 500 of them, but actually speaking to people yeah. and understanding those things uh, has like, it's paid off really well for having, like, I don't want to do that anymore, but I did yeah, that course. and I, I understand it now. Totally. Yeah. Even like a lot of the times if we're trying to sell either on a VSL or a webinar, like I always recommend at least at the start, try and sell it. A little bit high ticket over the phone enough like 10 20 30 calls you'll hear the common objections you'll hear the main kind of like deep desires that you know people aren't going to talk about in public and then you can have another go or another crack at the marketing because you kind of like understand it deep down so like yeah man like 500 calls you obviously nailed that that messaging and now it's done you know four meals since so yeah yeah and people People recommend doing calls for high ticket. At the time, my course was 300 bucks and that's what I was selling it for. People are like, man, you were doing calls for 300 bucks. Yeah. But I'm yeah. glad I did it, but I wouldn't do it again. For sure. No, no, man. Yeah. Yeah. Bump that price up. Nice. Um, now, you mentioned that, you know, you, you have a community, maybe some kind of like support in the program as well for your higher ticket. How do you manage the community? How do you keep it engaged? How do you keep people excited in, in the program, taking all the action? All that stuff. Yeah. So I find that having a really good course is the start. I'm on my sixth version of the piano course. The sixth version I've recorded maybe like three years ago. I feel like really, really good about it. So it's it's by far the best version. So it starts there. Every reason, every time I update the course, it's because I need to like, I've gotten feedback and I need to tweak some things in the curriculum. Uh, and then you know, I, I, each time I get better as I get more experience, I was terrified of being on camera at the beginning. I get better equipment and so on. So I've updated it a few times and I feel very confident, way more so than any other previous version in the course. So it starts there. And then we have automations, like just like we have automations with the funnel and whatnot, we have automations for after the sale as well to touch base with people, um, ask for feedback and so on. And then the community is there for people to interact with each other primarily. And I fought having a community as part of the offer for a long time because I didn't want it to be burden or hassle, like another place that people could reach me and take Mm -hmm. up more of my time. So I fought it for a while, but I finally did it. And it's great because it's, it's the place where people can interact with each other and they're not like... There's so many people that have gone through the course now that people are helping each other out and all that. So it's that that works out really well. And then I have um, 
somebody on my team that handles like support requests. People email in, whether it's like a problem with their account or like a piano question or whatever, um, you know, they can reach out for support that way. So with, I guess those three things combined is really how we, we do our best to help keep them motivated and keep moving through it. It's not like, it's not one-on-one lessons. It's not a coaching program. It's still an online course. And at the end of the day, the responsibility is on them to go through it and finish it. But we do add those little things here and there to try to increase completion and success rates. I love that. That makes total sense. And when you're like creating online courses, kind of doing these, doing these different versions, what lessons have you learned across like, you know, seven versions of this course into how to make it better, you know, how to make people learn faster and, and make sure that you're delivering a better quality product? Yeah. So it's, it's listening. It starts there with listening. If people constantly are having the same questions, are they getting hung up in the same place? Mm-hmm. It's making sure you're, you know, aware of that, noting it down and so on. But then the other big piece of advice that I would have in that area is, and this is the big thing I did from version five, to version six was when I, I knew I needed to update the program, um, I went through and I laid everything out and I, I figured out where I wanted to move things around and what I wanted to change. But those were still like, once I put all that together, it was still me doing it based on various assumptions. Mm-hmm. And I, I needed to test it ultimately. And so what I did was I put this offer together and I said, hey, hey guys, I'm doing, I'm gonna be doing this live boot camp. I've redone my curriculum a little bit and I wanna teach it to eight people live over the course of a few weeks. Um, please apply. It's gonna cost a thousand dollars. But if you show up every time and you do what I ask, like as far as homework goes, every time I'll give you a full refund at the end. <laughs> and the reason I did that was because it would benefit me greatly if they showed up every time and did the work because then I'd end up with eight case study testimonials and the feedback I was looking for on my new curriculum. And so I got like within an hour, I had 27 paying applications. Like they had to pay with the application and I had paying like 20, I had to turn it off because everybody was like so excited about this opportunity. Um, Cause I'm like offering them to teach it to them personally for free at the end Live, of the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I had so a smart. great pool of qualified candidates. I got to, you know, kind of weed down and, and figure out who would be the best eight candidates. So we did that and it um, it really paid off. Everybody got their money back. I had to hold on to that eight grand for, for several weeks and give it back to them. Nice. But it worked. Like I went, I remember going through and doing it and I... Um, I had like a brand new lesson, like my, my course is 21 lessons and the idea is you go through one a day or, I mean, you can spread it out more if you want to, but I was really excited about this new, this new concept that I was, that I was injecting into the program that I felt like it needed. So I think it was day 10. I was like, I, I was really excited to present it to these guys, um, and, and gals. And so we do the thing I'm presenting it. And they are just like mind blown. They think this is the coolest thing in the world. They like actually understand music for the first time. I was so proud of myself. And I'm like, yes, this is the validation I needed. And like, I'm on top of the world. I think I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know if we can curse here. I'm I'm the shit. Yeah, of course. Nice. uh, Shit. Oh, is that it? (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I think I'm the, I'm the absolute man for, for, for doing this. And then the next lesson comes day 11 and 
it's like way over their heads. Like they, nobody's getting it. Like the, the next lesson, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's one I kind of had in there before, but I tweaked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that was one extreme to another. I got the validation I needed on day 10, but on day 11, I knew for when I record the course, yeah, that wasn't working. I had to change some things there. And I would have never been, never had that had I not taught it live to people. If I had just taken my curriculum, redone it, and then recorded it myself, I would have gotten so many support requests and questions about day 11. But because I taught it live, I got that real-time feedback. I could see the questions, the problems, the objections. I plugged those holes. And to be honest with you, we don't get a lot of questions. Like the, the course really flows really nicely. And That's it's got, awesome. we got the, the right exercises. Mm-hmm. It works out really well. Yeah. So it's a matter of kind of a lot of people do the, the live call kind of like launch method. It, it is good where, yeah, like you said, you, you can get that feedback, get questions right there. And then it saves a lot of customer support and, you know, issues down the line if you can learn, get the feedback, implement it straight away and quickly. So uh, that's awesome, man. I, I'm curious to chat a little bit more about, you know, what your week looks like. Because if, you know, if all the traffic's coming coming from YouTube, obviously you're running the YouTube account, you have the course going as well. Um, so in terms of, you know, running your YouTube, what's your day-to-day kind of operations in terms of, you know, this course business? I'm pretty, I'm pretty burned out on the piano thing. I've been doing it for a while yeah. and it was never yeah. a huge passion of, of mm-hmm. mine. I, um, I was an electrical engineer for eight years. I'd never taught anybody piano in person. Uh, I read four hour work week in 2007 wow. and was trying to start something like that for several years. And the piano thing was not my first attempt. Um, it's just the first one that made even a dollar and it worked mm-hmm. out. So I love, like, I love it. It's my baby. And I love knowing that something I've created is helping people all over the world. And that's incredible, but I'm not like somebody who wakes up and wants to teach piano all day, every day. And so I just kind of, you know, I've, I've outsourced the things that need to be done and we're just letting it ride right now. I probably haven't touched this keyboard behind me in about a year. Um, cool. So I don't do anything with piano in 21 days right now. Not to say I can't, won't, you know, I might not want to be reinvigorated and jump back into it at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I don't do anything. I, I love doing things like this. We're just like talking about it, yeah. right? So I, I yeah. do, I podcast a lot with um, my podcast, the online course show. And then I've got a coaching program where I work with people in all kinds of niches as well. So that's where I spend my time. It's not on the piano thing. Yeah, totally. Well, tell us a bit about the coaching program. So kind of who are the main, you know, uh, p- people coming through and maybe any, you know, examples or stories of some crazy, you know, courses that, that you've worked on as well as the piano one. Cool. Yeah. I've got two, you know, my, my audience is divided and yours might be similar. Like my audience is divided pretty evenly 50, 50 between aspiring course graders and actual uh, actual course graders so i've got you know listening to your audience and whatnot i've got a coaching program for each group of people i've got a beginner program and i've got a program for people that already have businesses course businesses looking to scale so i've got the the two coaching programs uh, and i just love working with the people inside of there all kinds of cool niches you get to come across Uh, i always like talking about uh, spencer russell who has a course, um, it's called Toddlers Can Read, but basically what he's doing is he's teaching parents how to teach like two and three-year-olds how to read, like really oh, young. That is such a good niche. Damn, it's amazing. Oh, parents, oh my God, like he's so advanced, look at him, he's already reading, damn, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. To- 
Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, it's it's awesome. My kids are mm. six and eight. And like, I wish they would have been reading it too. You know, he taught yeah. his kid how to read at like eighteen months. But um, you know, when I first met Spencer, he had about ten thousand followers on Instagram. Mm. Um, he was making a few sales here and there, and. Like, I don't like full disclaimer. I don't take credit for like all of his success because he's been wildly successful. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about Spencer, but like, I only had a small part in it. Um, but that's a really cool niche. And he's, he helps people like he, I've actually been through his courses cause I've, I've tried to apply that to some, with my kids. Uh, and his course is just phenomenal. His frameworks are phenomenal. Um, and he has recently crossed over a million followers on Instagram. So that's where he gets his traffic from. Uh, I think he's got a million followers on TikTok as well. And he sells a $200 course bundle. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got a simple evergreen webinar funnel now. And he sells a lot. Let's just say he sells hundreds of courses, course bundles every month. Does really well. Um, continue And is going to continue doing really well with that. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good niche, man. Have you ever? Oh, well, you mentioned you didn't venture too much in, into paid ads, but in terms of like traffic sources, is it mainly kind of like social media or organic that that most of your clients get the best results from? Just posting organically. Have you ever done stuff with like affiliates or like influencer marketing or paid ads? Yeah, so my focus when i'm helping people and i make this very clear when if you know before we start the relationship is that i'm a content marketing guy right so i can help people with youtube i can help people with social media i can help people with podcasts blog mm-hmm. seo those types of things and i i make it clear that content marketing is not the only way to do marketing clearly it's just that that's that's my specialty right mm-hmm. and if we want to work together like you're probably going to want to do content marketing because i'm not going to be able to help you with the other uh, yeah. ways to do traffic. Okay. Um, so there, I, you know, I'll, I'll talk about paid ads a little bit, but I like to use them as more fuel to the fire, um, rather than getting started that way. Um, so we do, I do a little bit of paid ads, right? I do a little like Google ads. Um, like even right now, you, if you type in panel in 21 days or whatever into Google, I'll probably have an ad pop up. I don't know if we're targeting like learn piano fast and those things, but I do spend a couple thousand dollars a month on Google ads right now. So it can be like fuel to an already burning fire. In my opinion, the only, the other type of traffic, um, generation that I think is really low hanging fruit for a lot of people is like getting in front of other people's audiences and like guests, like guest podcasting, like, like I'm doing right now coming on your podcast, but you can even do guest videoing, guest blogging, like pitching. And, and that's an art, like pitching people to get in front of their audience and the, the value you can provide to them is, is an art. And so that's the other thing I teach people how to do is, is how to pitch effectively. My podcast is, I mean, it's good. It's not like the world's biggest podcast and I get the like awful, awful pitches. Like daily I'm getting pitches to come on my podcast and they're so bad. Like the bar is set so low. And so I think there is a great opportunity out there um, to do effective pitches and build your audience that way. Yeah, that's so smart. I'm, and I'm seeing that, you know, as a common theme when I interview, you know, weapons like yourself and a ton of other course creators online is like leveraging other people's audiences. Like you said, you know, posting on their social, kind of giving away free stuff to their audience in groups or in their other courses or YouTube. And I think you can, you know, 
if you give a ton of value and you give it away for free, it's like a great way to, you know, instantly have access to 10, 20K subscribers potentially, you know, in your niche. So I love it. Um, man, I guess uh, we got to look towards kind of wrapping up because, yeah, we've covered so much, man. Time flies. But in terms of, you know, creating an online course, selling an online course, after working with everybody, are there, is there any other piece of, you know, final advice or, or wisdom you want to part on to the um, audience that, that you haven't mentioned? Well, uh, I don't know. We talked about we talked about traffic strategies. We mm-hmm. talked about funnels. We talked about courses. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing pretty good. I would Man, say the only other it. like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. only other like big category that hasn't really come up that's really really important to a course business. There's a Can lot a of pieces and parts for sure, but yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. the biggest one we haven't covered is testimonials. Because oh, okay. that's yeah. that's incredibly mm-hmm. important too, is to have that social proof case studies when people are trying to figure out um, if they're going to give you money to know that they're not going to be a guinea pig in something. Mm-hmm. And uh, testimonies can be very intimidating for people to even ask them for it. Mm-hmm. And then if you ask your customer for like a video testimonial, then they're going to be like, well, what do I say? And it can be a whole big challenge. Um, so the biggest tip I would have if you're struggling with getting testimonials Well, first of all, if you don't have testimonials or you have very few um, or they're not focused on the transformation, we don't want testimonials that are just like, oh, you know, Jacques course is amazing. Greatest course I've ever taken. Or, uh, you know, I've I've been through, you know, half the course and I love it. Those aren't testimonials. We want it to be transformation based testimonials. Before, before I signed up, I had never even touched a piano. And now I can play, you know, 30 different Eagles songs. And I played for my wife on Valentine's Day and she was crying, right? Those are the types of testimonials that you need to have. And the easiest, the easiest way I've found to get testimonials from people, it's a little more work for you, is to reach out to people and just ask them to chat on Zoom and say, hey, uh, you know, and, and there's, you should have systems in your business to kind of know who's completed the course or who's having a good experience. We're not just going to reach out to everybody for a chat, but when somebody has a good experience or they finished, reach out, say, Hey, can we chat for 20 minutes so I can learn more about your experience and and how you did what you did and so on. You can even incentivize people to jump on that chat. You can't incentivize people with, for a testimonial. So you can say, Hey, for your troubles, I'll, I'll send you a $25 gift card. You can't do that for a testimonial because you can't be incentivized for a review. So then you just jump on uh, Zoom calls with these people and you ask questions that will allow you to turn it into a great testimonial later. So we want to ask questions about their situation before they met us and took our course or program. We want to ask them about their experience during. And then we want to really get into what's changed after. What results have they achieved and really focus on those the, the benefits of the results, what it's allowed them to do and get them talking about that in as much detail as possible, because then you can take the recording and do whatever you want with it. You can publish the entire conversation or you can edit it down and, uh, and create your own testimonial based on that. And it was, it's so much easier for the person on the other end. I can tell you with my, my people with piano, like they're so not tech savvy, like they're not interested in being on camera in general. And so to jump on a Zoom and just like walk them through the process has been way more effective to generating yeah, testimonials. Yeah, that is so smart. And then do, do you ask like, oh, um, do you mind if I share this? Do you let them know you're recording? Um, is there any kind of, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, oh, whoops, gotcha. Yeah, 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 after, yeah. after word. 
Yeah, it takes the pressure off um, to to wait and do that after. Be like, hey, that was amazing. Like, do you mind if I clip some of that and use it um, for any marketing materials? And ninety nine percent of the time, they'll say no, uh, unless you have like a sensitive niche um, for some reason. But you, if you mention that beforehand, it might make them extra nervous and whatnot. You don't want to do a bait and switch or do it without telling them. But I would wait till after to mention that. And then if they say no, then use it as a learning experience for your program and like what what could be what they liked about it, what they didn't like about it. You know, I mentioned earlier about talking to people. That's a way to talk to people as well, even though it's yeah, after the yeah, sale. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. Okay, man. Well, um, we've been going for a while now. We've covered so many topics, like you said, and that and that testimonial thing is genius and it's so smart because people hate giving them, but you know they love talking to the instructors. So it's a, a, a really really smart way. Um, and yeah, and obviously, like you said, you know, case studies are yeah or testimonials are one of the most important things in the in the selling process. So you know, jumping on a call, one testimonial is worth you know thousands of dollars, if not more, um, in terms of you know potential sales. Um, so yeah, we covered a much, we covered so much. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, where, where can people learn more about you, find out more about with you, work with you, uh, all that stuff online? Yeah. So, um, there's always, whenever I go on a podcast, there's always a percentage of people that want to learn how to play piano and are intrigued by that message. So that's, uh, piano in 21 days.com. And then, um, where I talk about online business and have other, uh, have other guests, um, with online courses and whatnot is on my podcast, the online course show, the online course show. So I direct people there as well. Cool. All right, guys. Well, if you want to learn piano, um, piano in 21 days, if you uh, want to learn about launch, launching a business, launching a podcast, uh, sorry, launching an online course, uh, Jack has a has an amazing podcast. So go and check it out. Jack, again, I really appreciate you coming on, man. So much value dropped. Um, so much, yeah, uh, amazing experience from you and being able to share it with us. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. I'm sure the audience will as well. So thank you. Right on, Lucas. Thanks for the opportunity, man. It's been a pleasure. All good, man. Thank you. Thanks very much.